Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the T Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. It's very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. The following is a fourth-hand production. And welcome to a very Brady podcast. I'm your host. My name is Tack Van Sickle. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, we we break it down, we quarantine it as to not spread its infection, and then carefully serve it up just for you. On today's episode, we're going to look at season one, episode 24, entitled The Grass is Always Greener. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Uh, the Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and Amazon Prime. I have two guests today. Uh, one is one of the co-hosts of the super popular History 51 podcast, and we are also joined by his wife. So I welcome John and Stacy Goforth to the show. Welcome. Tech, thanks for having us. Couldn't be more excited thanks to uh, finally join. I mean, you've got a line of of guests uh, about a mile long. Uh, uh, glad our time finally <laughs> came up. I know, right? I've already had Brent and his wife on like twice now. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, thanks for having us. Uh, like you said, I'm uh, I host Hysteria Fifty One. Uh, we're uh, we do not talk too much about the Brady Bunch. We talk about uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories and mysteries, the unusual and the unexplained. Uh, uh, it's Brent and I and our uh, probably more famous uh, third co-host, an angry robot named Conspiracy Bot. Uh, for sure, for and sure. As you mentioned, my wife has joined us today. She is the Brady Bunch aficionado of the house, though. I oh, guess, nice. Stacy, is it more fair to say that you like the movies better than the show? Definitely the movies. Okay. Really? Uh, which which movie That's... in particular is your favorite? The original. The original. So uh, the when I met Stacy, she had four movies loaded onto her iPad and would take trips <laughs> uh, 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 around the globe and... Uh, I would always be loading a new movie onto my onto you know my phone or iPad, and uh, 
And she never did. Like, hey, do you need something else? No, I'm good. And one of those movies was <laughs> the was the Brady Bunch movie. Uh, she just that uh, Sex in the City. Uh, Legally Blonde. Oh yeah, Legally Blonde. Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> and Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I um I, I don't That's join awesome. her in those movies. <laughs> A couple of those I like. I like some girly stuff. Um, so I will eventually do like the movies on this podcast as well, and I'm going to have to invite Stacy on for those. So she would uh, she would be your go to person. <laughs> I think I think she could quote it verbatim. And you also mentioned on History 51, you do you don't talk about the Brady Bunch because you only do conspiracy theory stuff. But ah, uh, have you not listened to this podcast? We come up with Brady Bunch conspiracies all the time. So. We unearth them. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that and, and maybe even unearthing <laughs> a few on this episode. Definitely. Let's do that. So you also work in the podcast industry as well, John. What What is it that you do? Yeah, my day job. I, uh, I run sales at a podcast analytics company called Magellan AI. We It's a machine learning based uh, uh, product that, that tells pod, uh, podcast uh, publishers. Uh, and also mm-hmm. podcast advertisers a lot more about uh, uh, what's happening in the advertising world of podcasts. Huh, interesting. Sounds dangerous. Uh, well, huh. I'll tell you what, it, it, it was dangerous two weeks ago when I uh, when I was sitting in New York riding the subway, uh, you know, no care in the world. And then I, you know, I mean, boy, the world's changed in two weeks uh, as we sit <laughs> here and broadcast from my garage. <laughs> Definitely, sure has. We won't get too deep into that, though. Yeah, no, no, no. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the dangerous part. The uh, the traveling on the New York subway. Though I, I guess you're always taking your life in your own hands, regardless of uh, pandemic or no. Uh, if when, when riding the subway in New York. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think I ever actually rode the subway in New York when I was there, but I would just for the experience. Well, let me give you let me give you one piece of advice. Uh, if sure. you, n- next time, you know, when the world opens back up next time you're in New York and you decide to ride the subway, uh, even if, uh, the coronavirus is gone, don't, don't mm-hmm. lick the seats. Just don't li- I just make it a practice not to lick oh. the seats. Okay. 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 Yes. Good advice. I don't mean to be pushy, but I, I'm just, that's my, that's my advice. Yeah, I kind of feel like you're pushing your agenda, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to make this thing political. I'm sorry, Tack. <laughs> yeah. So that's your stance, and you're sticking to it. Uh, All right. Yeah, well. that's uh, exactly, exactly. The uh, I'm on the uh, no licking of subway seats platform. <laughs> nice. So uh, let's see here. So History 51, that show was just blown up. So. I started listening to it very early on. Like, I discovered it. I don't even know how many episodes you guys were in. I, don't, I think it was maybe 20, 30 episodes in is when I discovered you guys. Yeah, I think you and were, you were I was probably just listening like, right around when we were still personally thanking each person who came along and listened. <laughs> hey, we're up to <laughs> and 25. And you were also talking about... Yeah, you're also talking about what are you drinking? And it was always Bud Light for Brent and, you know, back in those days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's like any <laughs> show. I'm sure even on this show and it was just the 23rd episode or something like that. Uh, uh, you know, as you go, your format changes a little bit and evolves along with, you know, from feedback from listeners and everything. We used to do a lot more of, you know, uh, kind of banter, just 
BSing about uh, what's happening in our lives and talking about what we were drinking. And we realized <laughs> that there was probably enough ramble casts out there that, that folks didn't care about that. They wanted us to get into the right. meat and potatoes. And, and frankly, they wanted to hear more from conspiracy bots. So we've kind of uh, adjusted along the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I remember the... Uh the evolution of Conspiracy Bot, too. I remember first <laughs> season of Conspiracy Bot. You could hardly even understand him. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brent upgraded days. his vocal capabilities. At first, he <laughs> sounded kind of like a, uh, I don't know, a par- uh, automated parking attendant. And now he sounds like an upgraded <laughs> automated parking attendant. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it's kind of funny. I don't think I ever told Brent this, but when I first listened to you guys, like the first few episodes and the first time i heard it i just binged it and um i thought that well first of all i thought brent sounds just like kevin smith i think i've said that to you guys before but i also thought by just by hearing the voices and not seeing pictures or anything (laughs) don't tell brent this but i thought that you were very young like i thought you were like 20s early 30s maybe and i thought he sounded like he was like 50 plus (laughs) i was like what is this dynamic here this is interesting (laughs) well i I suppose that it's probably true in spirit (laughs) oh okay (laughs) i uh uh, i'm a kid at heart and brent's an old curmudgeon at heart um, <laughs> is this kid with his uncle? Like, is that what they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are in fact not related. Though we had, it almost feels like it. Brent and I have known each other for over thirty years now. Um, yeah, I got a, a buddy like that too. My friend uh, Jimmy, he's actually going to be joining me starting next season as a co-host on the show. Oh, cool! And, uh, me and him have been friends since like eighty-seven. We were like twelve, thirteen years old, something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it, it, it. You know, it makes for a really good dynamic on air. It also means that we fight like brothers, um, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. that comes through on the show. But actually, that's you know, that's a um, it's a fun dynamic. It is because uh, people can sense that sincerity and that you know that the depth of connection there. I think, and mm-hmm. uh, and they can also sense when we're really pissed at each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny, Tech. Uh, you actually joined the show uh, a couple times, and. Uh, you were on, uh, we did a two-parter that has gone down in Hysteria 51 mythology uh, as, as probably likely the, the, certainly the most popular two-parter we've ever done and maybe one of the most popular episodes we've ever done, period. And that was when we did the Flat Earth Roundtable. Um, to <laughs> yeah. set the stage, uh, uh, we, uh, you joined us along with, uh, along with the co-host of your other show. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then we, <laughs> we had two YouTube flat earth, uh, I'm putting this in quotes. You can't <laughs> see this experts. Right. Uh, they graduated from yeah. YouTube university and, uh, yeah. <laughs> they were there to debate the merits of the earth being flat. And it, all I can say is if you, if you, if you haven't listened, you know, if, uh, please do, uh, obviously we like more listeners, but, uh, <laughs> if you are, if you don't, if you aren't interested in listening, uh, just go to, go against your closest brick wall and beat your head against it for about an hour straight. And that's roughly what it's like talking with these folks. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It was kind of funny. Like when, uh, it was Adam posted and I, when we had guessed it on that episode, like we were so ready. We we're like, okay, let's do this, you know? And then once it started, <clears throat> I was not prepared for as um i don't know what the word is i guess this is kind of ironic i can't think of the word but it was much smarter than i was anticipating so like you kicked off the episode and you're using like all this big sciencey shit and i'm just like um 
what did he say? Like, what's he talking about? You know? <laughs> well, and so I, that's uh, why I make quiet during the episode. And then it's a couple of times where we meet at our end and I look at Adam and go, what is he talking about? And he's like, I'm not, Adam always has a gift of being able to jump in a conversation anywhere. And if you tell him to extend it, he can do it perfectly. And like, he'll say, I don't know what he's talking about. And then you'll be like, Adam, what do you think? And he'll jump in and sound completely fluent as exactly what <laughs> knew what was going on and i'm like how do you do that like you know i was like please don't call on me please don't call me. You know? <laughs> yeah i uh, most of the time we're talking about you know alien abductions and bigfoot and uh i'm yeah, not nece- can, i'm not necessarily yeah. studied up on uh you know the the the, the mechanic the quantum mechanics behind their ufo or the <laughs> the physics behind yeah. being teleported to another dimension however i did want to come to bear on this that particular episode because they yeah. they use sciency language that's not actual science, and for the uninformed, it tends to convince some folks. And we didn't certainly <laughs> didn't want that happen to our listenership. So happening to our listenership, so we uh, we uh, we we prepared for that one. <laughs> that's that's good. I wish I would have been better prepared because I'm big on science and I love science and all that. But I was not prepared as much as you guys were. And I was like, oh shit, oh god. So I just stayed quiet. I didn't want to look stupid or sound stupid. But we did end up having those two uh, morons on our podcast that we did as well. And it was just ugh, a nightmare. Like, yeah. They were just annoying. <laughs> I ended up like going off on him. And then Adam, he was like the main host. And he's like, now, now, let's keep it civil. And I was like, all right, fine, fine. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's hard. It's hard to uh, keep your composure when you're dealing with. Uh, yeah. Dealing with that. Exactly. <clears throat> all right. So another question I always ask all my guests, this includes you, Stacy, as well. Um, what is your history with the Brady Bunch? Uh, my history with the Brady Bunch was a show that I probably should have watched that people would think I would have watched. But I much more <laughs> enjoyed the uh, Brady Bunch movie when it came out. I related more to that. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. It's fair. Um, my history with the Brady Bunch started with watching episode 23 of season one uh, <laughs> in preparation for this what podcast. Qu- That's the one we're doing today. What <laughs> so I, what, you've never seen the show before or what? I probably I probably saw an episode in like the 80s at my grandparents house when they didn't have cable and I was just looking for something, you know, being replayed on on regular TV. Um, I mean, I knew the basic premise and the setup, but uh, yeah, I was not a uh, not a I was not a viewer. I was I, I was much more into um, like some of the other '80s uh, shows that would play during the day on on basic basic channels. Like uh, I remember Small Wonder. Um, the, the, <laughs> I remember that the little show. robot, yeah, yes. and uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> Silver Spoons, um, Webster. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. The, those shows were more my my jam. And if I was watching old stuff, it was it was Mr. Ed. I I, I could if you ever if nice. you ever uh, expand and do a Mr. Ed podcast, I'll be on every week with you. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Like, well, growing up, I used to watch a lot of those old Nick at Night shows too, like Petty Duke and Dobie Gillis and all stuff. And my like three that. sons, like Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And then originally, I don't know if you heard this in other episodes you listened to, but originally the show was going to be by Andy Griffith. I was no, originally going to be the show about. <clears throat> but I decided my listeners are tired of hearing the story, but uh, I, re- I changed the Brady Bunch at the very last minute, literally the last minute. I already had the first episode ready to record at all my social media set up and everything. The night before I'm going to record the first episode, I completely changed it to the Brady Bunch. 
And I thought that would do better, and it was more of a following for it. It's, it's you know, pop culture iconic, you know. So. I'm guessing you and Ron Howard had a falling out, and, uh, yeah. and you know, you said, I'm not going to support your art anymore. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, yeah, thinking about that, that's the reason why I changed it, because I, well, like, what if I get people that were on the show, on my show, it turns out they're all dead, except, like, Ron <laughs> Howard, you know? And I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. And my I'm target like- market would be, like, 70 plus. <laughs> And they don't really listen to podcasts, so <laughs> I can't really exactly. whistle. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess uh, uh, Don Knotts is is no longer with us either, is he? Nope, none uh, of them are. All right, well, you probably it's made sad. the right move then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I feel good about this. I'm having a blast doing this show, so I love it. Okay, so this is where we take our first break, and when we come back, we're really going to get into it, and we'll be back. I'm disturbed. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. And we are back. Okay, so we got the Brady Bunch Season 1, Episode 24, entitled The Grass is Always Greener. Let's get into it. So facts about the episode are first aired on March 13th, 1970, written by David P. Harmon and directed by George Cahan. I think you say it. I don't know. I love I just got to say I love David Harmon's work. <laughs> everything everything just he's on done. this episode alone. <laughs> everything he's done. I mean, that 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 early episode of Car 54. Where are you of his was masterful. Is that like a serious thing there? No, I made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn, you got me. You got me. All right. <laughs> Can I say before we get into the episode, the the theme song for the Brady Bunch, one of the lyrics, yeah. they knew it was much more than a hunch. Yeah. I I should hope so. I mean, you literally <laughs> agreed to take on three more kids. I wouldn't do that on a hunch. We, uh, Stacey that and I have is one fantastic. kid, and I'm still debating whether we're keeping him. <laughs> So it's not quite a hunch yet. <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's a good observation. Very good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, ooh. All right. fade in. All right. Here we go. We see Greg, Peter, and Bobby coming home from what looks like a baseball game, or apparently it was practice. So they appear to be completely worn out. 
they, they they sort they sort of look like they're that a clown killed their dog or something. I mean, they it's more than worn out. They, they I mean, they had a bad day and someone like threw their ice cream on the ground. It it, it they look bad. I know that it's like the director said, just look worn out, and but instead they chose with look sad and upset. I don't know, it was weird. Uh, they, they, the director said worn out, and they thought, oh, like the director killed my mom. Okay, got it. <laughs> oh, they killed my hopes and dreams of yeah. ever doing anything other than the Brady Bunch. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, they walk into the kitchen where Alice is in in and she, where Alice is, and she throws them each an apple. So the boys leave. Mike then walks in, and he appears to also be worn out and carrying a baseball mitt. Alice gets Mike a glass of water. Carol comes into the kitchen carrying a very fancy picnic basket and asked if he feels all right. He just says that he's pooped. Mike then asks Carol where she's going. Carol says they are going to earn Marsha's nature study badge. Mike says, oh, that sounds like fun. Carol says, fun? We got exactly four hours to find and identify 11 kinds of trees, 10 types of plants, six wildflowers, and three noxious weeds. And also, they're going to have an entire picnic in the midst of this. I mean, did you see that basket? (laughs) That thing is... Yeah, they have like is set up. They have China. I will say this. They have like fine uh, China in there with silverware. <laughs> yeah, fine China. But the setups are only for two people. Is this going to be like some sort of Hunger Games thing where uh, the girls have to fight it out and the, you know, um, the last one standing gets to eat with mom? <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Fine China and two setups for four people that only have four hours to do about a million things. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Mike laughs and says that it still sounds like fun. Carol argues again and says, fun? This is hard work. Mike scoffs and says, oh, hard work is four hours in the hot sun with three growing boys. Carol scoffs back and <laughs> I've says... I've been there. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, playing baseball with the boys is fun compared to this. Mike laughs and says, you women just don't understand. Silly woman. Uh, Carol turns to Alice and says, what are you going to do about uh, what are you going to do about him while looking at Mike? Alice says, we last time I got between a man and his wife was the last time I got between a man and his wife. Alice had neck action there and got sassy. I'm kind of curious on what she means by that. Like, there's a there's a theme with Alice getting a little, uh, or, or, let's say, risque in this episode. <laughs> Maybe so. I'm kind of. I wanted to hear more about that. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, well, uh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, spoil the fun. But this scene ends with Alice leading Mr. Brady to the shower. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that's true. That happens. No, you're right. And here brings up a conspiracy theory that we came up with on the show. Is that okay? So. <clears throat> Alice was with Mike before he got with Carol, right? Not together, but she was working for Mike in because she he needed help raising three boys of his own, right? Mm-hmm. So she worked with for Mike before that. Um, and uh, so the joke is like the conspiracy is. So do you think Mike was like banging Alice on the side since she was the only woman in the house, and then here comes Carol, and now she's all like, "Who the fuck is this bitch?" You know, and then. You know, so there's that tension and she's like, here, come on, Mike, let me get a shower ready for you. And yeah. Then- well, I mean, I think that's obvious. And I, I you know, that, that brings up another really good point. Where is where is Carol's Alice? 
Who, you know, uh, who, where, where's, where, from her side, where's that nanny? Uh, my right. guess is buried in the backyard. She's more of a house manager. <laughs> oh, okay. True. Well, ha- um, can we get a house manager? Another- <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> another conspiracy theory is where's Carol's ex-husband? Like, nobody knows. It's never mentioned. Was she divorced? Did he die? Because it's mentioned about Mike. His wife passed away. Yeah, and then uh, that's when he got the, the husband's yeah. buried next to the uh, Carol's old house manager. Right, another conspiracy theory. Like, did she kidnap the girls? Because the girls never see her fa- their father oh. again. Is she just currently an, them? A- an Amber Alert for the three Brady girls? <laughs> Might be. <laughs> <laughs> so there's tons of conspiracy theories. We'll we'll break them out as we go. <laughs> I'm in. So just then, Marsha calls from the other room and says they are ready to go. Carol kisses Mike and leaves the room. Mike says to Alice, you know something, Alice? I can go jog four or five times around the block and take a nice cold shower (laughs) if it weren't for one thing. Alice asks, what? Mike says, I can't get out of the chair. Alice laughs and helps him up and then takes him to the shower. (laughs) I mean, it's all right there. (laughs) (laughs) Because Carol did just leave. And they left the house. He says he needs a shower. He talks about being all (laughs) hot and bothered. Um, yeah. I mean, I you, the jokes write themselves at this point. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, it's the evening now, and Carol is getting ready for bed while telling Mike about her rough day out in the wilderness. And now, now when Mike she's walks- getting ready for bed, I'd like to note mm-hmm. she takes off this pink thing with like poofy balls on it to have yet another <laughs> yeah. pink thing on under it. I mean, did, yes, did, she looked like she spent more time preparing for bed than I do to go to like a wedding. Well, I think it's a woman thing. Women do like about 45 minutes of bed prep, whereas a guy, we just go, go to bed and just jump in and go. Uh, Stacey, your thoughts? Thoughts? To be honest, he seems to take much longer to get ready than anybody else in my house. Me? Yes. You're talking about me? Yes. No. Twice as long as I do to get ready. I enjoy a good shower. You know, you're decompressing from the day if it's at night. You're getting ready for the day if it's in the morning. Uh, some, you know, you got some sore muscles, uh, some hot water. Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoy a good shower. <laughs> and then when it's time for bed, clothes get thrown on the ground and rolls into bed, and then he's asleep within two minutes. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yep. I'm the same way. I fall asleep very fast as well. <laughs> yep. He can sleep anywhere. But I do think this is a time period thing. Like seriously, the, uh, the how many pieces of clothing do you put on to get ready for bed just to then take off right so her carol's famous for two things one is her pinkest flowiest nightgowns ever and then (laughs) another uh guest i have a lot jimmy he always comments on carol's scarf game is always on point oh okay these scarfs she's always wearing so and those age wonderfully (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh, Mike walks out, brushing his teeth, and he says, it just goes to show, blah, 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 you're totally incapable blah, 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 for following the example, blah, 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 you'd be better for it, and then walks back into the bathroom. <laughs> Carol then says, well, I certainly can't argue with that, and then pulls a book out to read. She also notes that she was helping uh, Marsha get her gypsy badge. Um, what the hell is that? <laughs> 
I don't know. I must have missed that one. Yeah, she was, she, when she was rattling off the badges and the uh, uh, the various <laughs> things that needed to be done, she notes that uh, she needs to help Marsha get her gypsy badge. Like, is that hmm. is that all about you know uh, fortune telling? Um, fortune telling and uh, selling trinkets at the you know on the street. I think. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I I I'm not trying to have too much of a hot take here, but I'm not sure a gypsy right. badge is 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 the right badge to be going after. Hmm. Yeah, I don't Didn't recall that right. being one for me when I was in Girl Scouts. <laughs> you didn't get your gypsy badge? <laughs> I don't recall that one. So this brings up a, a good question for you, Stacy. So did you have to get all these badges too? Did you have to like get a picnic with like China and then go out and identify wildflowers? And Is that part of the thing? You know, I honestly don't remember how I earned any of my badges. I just remember wearing my sash with all the badges. But I don't remember doing anything but selling Girl Scout cookies. So it was much more about flair for you is what you're saying. Yes, it was all about the outfit. It's all about the flair. So flair and selling cookies. Huh. Uh, Stacy, I'm seeing that uh, you only have 17 uh, pieces of flair on today. Uh, We're going to need you to go home and and add uh, 10 more to your sash. Now, I remember yeah. that we had to have a family friend sew my badges onto my sash because my mom, uh, that wasn't her best. Uh, oh, oh, you're putting that out into the universe. Rita's, Rita, Rita Singer, uh, Stacy's mother, <laughs> cannot sew is what she's saying. Uh, I, huh. I mean, uh, she's going to get phone calls and emails now. Uh, way to go. Way to go, honey. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Are we going to be welcome over there anymore? Not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. So Mike returns from the bathroom and gets into bed and says, honey, if I hadn't spent all day with the boys playing ball, you'd get my sympathy. Uh, Carol goes on to say that all the time she's had to help Marsha earn all these badges and at the same time trying to keep two other girls occupied. Mike argues and says, at least it's a variety. They go back and forth a couple times and argue on who has it worse. Uh, Mike finally says, honey, there are three girls. Uh, they are three girls, the gentler sex. Now three boys. And now we jump cut to the next morning while Carol is in the kitchen with Mike continuing the argument. <laughs> and she says, boys are much easier to handle. Mike says, they are like heck. Which, oh God. That, I mean, not only, was it a, not only was it a simpler time in the sense that we were having, you know, gender role discussions about baseball, but it was also a simpler mm-hmm. time when uh, this is this could be the main course of dialogue over the course of a 48 hour period. I mean, come <laughs> on. You have nothing better to talk about, about than whose two hour period on Saturday is going to be rougher. <laughs> no. Third world problems, I guess, or first world problems. Like, honey, I need to go to the doctor and get this spot checked out. How about those conversations? That's what happens at the dining table. <laughs> right. Or is there toilet paper at the local grocery store? You know, uh, the answer is no. For the everyday record. problems. <laughs> the answer is no. I went. They didn't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he says, <clears throat> they are like, heck, what's more exhausting than playing ball with three young boys? Carol retorts with chasing after three young girls. <clears throat> Alice Amen. chimes in and says, Sorry, I'm just keeping my theme going <laughs> <What>? there. <laughs> Alice chimes in and says, you two are beginning to repeat yourselves. Uh, if you both are sure you're right, the next Saturday, why don't you both switch jobs? Mikey and Carol look at each other and tell her, shut up, maid. No, they didn't say that. 
but but they they, they, they really should have. I mean, the subtext was there. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> Alice suggests they just switch. Now we cut to the boys' room where Greg, Peter, and Bobby are talking. Greg says, "I wonder why Dad wants to see us." Mike walks in and tells the boys, "Next Saturday morning, instead of me." Mother is going to help you. I thought that was really weird Mother. wording. Mother is going to help you with baseball practice. Greg jumps in and says, but dad, she's a girl, a female. <laughs> Mike says, you noticed that too, huh? Yeah. Peter says, I mean, this really is a woke episode. <laughs> oh, we got to get ready for a little league and you're supposed to help practice bunting. Mike argues and says it's only for a few hours on Saturday. Greg suggests that they all take a vote, and Mike says, nope, and continues to say, uh, boys, uh, I'm simply trying to show your mother that helping girls is a cinch compared to helping boys. The boys light up and say, oh, and Greg says, well, that's different. Mike tells the boys to carry on and leaves the room. After Mike leaves the room, Greg says to the other boys, mom will find out how tough it is <laughs> and does like this evil laugh. No, he didn't. Uh, he has a point. He has a point that it really is tougher helping boys than girls, but it isn't the point he was trying to make. The reason that's true is because most of us boys are idiots and it takes telling <laughs> us things about 50 times before it sinks through our thick skulls. That's why we're the ones always getting injured. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. women are pragmatic and smart. That's why it's tougher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may be right. Um, Kara walks into the girls room and tells them, girls. Have I got a surprise for you? Which is kind of a dick move because they're like, oh, holy shit. And they're like, jump up. Like, what, what, what? And then. Is it like, a present? Well, is it a doll? Is it a. No. <laughs> right. No. no. Well, it's actually just for Marsha. And then Jen goes, of course it is. Fucking Marsha. I mean, she. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, next Saturday, daddy is going to help you with your cooking badge. Marsha looks down and takes a deep breath. <sighs> sighs. Cindy says, Marcia doesn't look very happy. Marcia says, Mom, Alice won't even let Dad in the kitchen. Carol says, that's the point. Sometimes a man has to be taught just how tough it is to be a woman. Jan questions this, and Cindy says it's easy for her. Uh, Marcia says, we know what you mean, Mom. It's what you want. Carol smiles and thanks her for doing it, and Carol leaves the room. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so in the course of a, a really short amount of time, we've been in the kitchen, we've been in uh, the parents' room, uh, we've been in the girls' room, and we've been in the boys' room. Um, I, 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 there's a theme between all these rooms. Can we talk about the wallpaper? I mean, Absolutely. what were they thinking? I get that it was the 70s, <laughs> well, early 70s, but man, yep. when was that ever a good idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... Did you ever watch the HGTV, like, uh, home renovation of the Brady house? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, so what they did was, like, you see the iconic, you know, the outside of shots of the house and the Brady Bunch. Obviously, that's not what it looks like on the inside, because the inside is shot in a, inside a studio, like, 10 miles away, right? Yeah. So, but that well, house studio actually Studio City, exists. California. <laughs> right. So, um, the house went on the market a few years ago. Um, and so there was a lot of bidders for it cause it's just an iconic home, you know, being in every episode of the Brady Bunch. And so <clears throat> HGTV actually bought the house. Like they wanted it so bad. They paid almost $2 million over asking price just so they can get it. 
That doesn't and surprise so me. They, I mean, sell a couple ads in that bad boy and you've paid for the house. <laughs> yeah. So what they did was, and they hired uh, their HGTV team, like all those people that have their own shows on HGTV, and hired them to completely renovate the house because you walk in the real house and the inside looks nothing like the set, obviously. Right. So what they did is they completely renovated everything to now when you walk in the house, it looks exactly like the set did on TV on the inside. I mean, it's completely, the attention to detail is ridiculous. They went completely above and beyond everything. Like this little trinket that's always sits there. They went search for it and found it. I mean, not the actual on-screen used one, but something like yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. Um, everything is down to the exact detail. I mean, even like when you walk in the front door and to the right, there was this panel of like rocks that they have on the set. Not only did they match that, but they also matched the exact shape of all the rocks too. Like uh, it was ridiculous. While we're on set decor, uh, I was going to uh, bring this up because they actually show it in the third act of the, of the episode. But um, when they're sitting at the, the, the formal table having dinner uh, to the yep. left of the table is this huge, awful kind of uh, uh avocado green maybe a little darker than avocado um just random curtain hanging there and like it's not like up against a, a wall it doesn't seem what is the purpose of that well the the curtain are you talking about the big long like formal dining area yes uh, the, i mean okay. you can see the stairs in the background yeah yeah so that curtain is actually to a sliding glass door that also leads to the back porch so I the was back right. porch actually has yeah, it has three sliding glass doors, one from the dining room, one from the kitchen, and then one from the family room on the other side of the kitchen. That's kind of baller. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's actually a really nice house, nice design. So when the if you ever get a chance to watch this HGTV special, it was actually really good and very and they got all six Brady kids to help out as well, you know, doing this whole renovation. It was really cool. All right. Well, I know our next uh our next what's in queue for uh for our viewing pleasure this evening. <laughs> nice. Um, right. and, and so uh, to put a cap on that, I would, I would offer that, uh, the scariest part of this, this, the whole past two minutes discussion is the fact that they found someone who's still making that wallpaper. <laughs> no, actually what they did, if you, I don't want to do any spoiler alerts here, but <laughs> what they did is they actually found somebody that, that like did prints. So they had to like redesign it exactly to exactly how it was and just printed it on the new wallpaper. And it's a really interesting how they did it all. If you like that kind of like renovation stuff, it's really neat. Yeah, I actually do. Um, I will watch it and it makes, I'll, I'll be able to sleep tonight knowing that it wasn't still in print. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. A lot of things are not. So you'll see that. Good. All right, so it's just about bedtime, and Mike and Carol are reading downstairs in the living room. Carol does a yawn and says that she's going to go upstairs to bed. Mike says uh, that he'll be up in a bit. He's got some things to work on, you know. Carol goes upstairs, and Mike goes into his den. Upstairs in the master bedroom, Carol walks in and shuts the door and pulls out three books all about baseball. Cutting down to the den, and Mike pulls out three books reading all about cooking as the two of them are reading from their books aloud it cuts back and forth mid sentences to create a mad libs type structure such as and i wrote all this down carol starts with uh man on first and third the batter must pour a cup of vinegar into the catcher's mitt this is the best way to hide the signals from the salt and pepper 
Always make sure to properly season every umpire. He must not allow the pitcher to touch his fingers to his pot. Always remember that too many onions and too much garlic will keep the shortstop away from the third baseman. You know, that whole thing, that whole gag, you know. Hey, I, I started this episode by saying how much I love David Harmon's work. Um, I mean, it, it, that's wordplay at its finest. Wait a second. You said David Harmon. Isn't it David P. Harmon? Is there a different David Harmon? Um, you know, I, I celebrate his whole catalog, so I don't get caught up in formalities. <laughs> okay. okay. That checks out. All right. So Saturday morning arrives, and we see the boys Wait, in the uh, backyard. One other thing. Uh, we, yeah. It really was a simpler time when... Mm-hmm. when uh, they're lying to each other uh, to go get private time to do something else. And the thing they're lying right. about is the fact that they're going to go read books in a separate room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Stacy and I lie to each other, it's, it's for much more egregious reasons than that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of weird. It's like, I don't know. Why do you have to lie about that? Like, Hey, you know, I, I got some books here. I'm going to read up a little bit. Eh, you know, just read up a little bit. I'm just make sure, refresh myself with some baseball yeah, stuff. I mean, or the other night, Stacey said she stuff. was going to bed to watch law and order. I walked in, she had marshmallow <laughs> fluff all over her hair. I don't know what, I don't know what was involved <laughs> with that. I don't know why. What? Um, Wait a second. I need to hear more about I don't, that. I don't want to know. As do I. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't do it. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I report you decide. <laughs> well, I'm going to come up with my own theory. So, you know, All unless right. she has something to say, no. I'll let you do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Saturday morning arrives and we see the boys in the backyard ready to go. And out walks Carol all jazzed and ready to go. Carol asks if she can use one of these, one of these and bends down to pick it up. Greg says, that's a baseball glove. Carol looks at him and says, yeah, I know. And the boys laugh. Then Carol says, so your dad says you're going to work on bunting practice today. Mind if I play on first base? Greg jumps in and corrects her and says that that's third and you need to go over first over there. Greg looks around and oh, says, women, such idiots don't know the difference between first and third. Morons. Oh, man. And she the best know. part about that is if you pan out, they don't even have a full diamond set up. So it, it's just like two paper plates on the, in the grass. Like, you idiot mom. How do you not know that that's third and that's first? Like, wait, wait, wait. oh, I'm sorry. That paper plate was meant to represent a, a different base in this fake baseball field. My bad. <laughs> and what's kind of funny, too, as far as the production goes, is, of course, they had to work on bunting practice because you can't, like, hit like hardcore in a tiny little studio. You've got to work on bunting. The, the, boy, they did not do her any favors when giving her the uh, the blocking for um, uh, for this scene. Um, <laughs> no. they, like they're trying to make it look funny, like women don't know how to hit a baseball, but she just looks like she has a disease when they get her up to bat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of was, there was a lot of cringiness in the scene here, yeah, where, especially when she's. It didn't age like, particularly well. <laughs> I don't think it was good for the time period either. So. <laughs> That's likely true. So Carol's still all jazzed up and starts telling the boys what they're going to be doing in a fast coach-like way. She then tells Bobby to bunt the ball. Bobby throws the ball up in the air with one hand and bunts the ball. Carol dives for it and hits the ground. She looks up and says, that, boys, is what you call an error. The boys laugh and Greg says, yep, that's what it's called, all right. Stupid woman. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Moments well, later. Well, that's what it's called, all right. <laughs> I mean, that, that just cheesy sitcom uh, uh, <laughs> at its finest. Yeah. Uh, moments later, Carol is standing on home plate and tells them that she's going to show them the proper stance to execute a bunt. Carol begins to recite the stance positions <clears throat> by what she read in the book. She's moving her body as she recites. She finally ends up with a ridiculous pose that doesn't even make sense. The boys snicker and Greg says, okay, let's see you hit it. Like totally setting her up for failure. Greg moves to the pitcher's mound and throws an underarm throw to Carol. She attempts to swing and then falls on the ground. The boys look at each other and laugh. This is what I'm talking about, this cringiness. Like, she likes, it was like, like it was so it, dramatic. Goofy the way was she at fell. the bat. Yeah, like Goofy was at bat. You know, it's like, swing, whoa, gosh. And then she like falls on the ground. <laughs> there was no reason for her to fall the way that she did it. Right. It was <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> A bit later, Carol is now explaining how to slide into home base. Greg asks, well, can you show us how, Mom? Like, we don't understand the concept of sliding. So meanwhile, snickering at the other two boys, Carol says, oh, sure, no problem, stand back. Carol backs up, you know, which is roughly about three feet away, and runs to slide into home plate and says, uh, see, eh, there's nothing to it. The boys start to help her up. Just then, Alice calls, Apple fritters for whoever wants them. And they drop Carol back on the ground and run inside. Carol falls to the ground in complete exhaustion. And can't get up. Uh, this, yeah. this begs another question, Tech, uh, and I don't know the answer to this. It may, do you know from watching um, the, the show as often as you do, roughly how mm -hmm. old these parents are supposed to be? Um, I think they're in their 30s. Okay. Late 30s, mid so, late 30s. So let's even say early 40s just to be on the safe side. Late 30s, sure. early 40s. How mm -hmm. bad a shape are they in? Earlier in this episode, right. Mr. Brady literally can't move and and need and basically needs uh, Alice to carry him to the shower. Now, <laughs> yeah. uh, Mrs. Brady uh, slides in and it, it's admittedly not a great slide, but also not exactly um, physically taxing. Uh, into the base and can't get up. I mean, I, it feels like cardio wasn't much of a thing. <laughs> I know. She basically ran from about, f she ran about four feet and slid about a third of it. And yet now she's completely worn out and can't get up. Slightly over time. <laughs> I agree. But, but go ahead. <laughs> right. I'm in my early 40s and I'm pretty sure I can run probably three times that distance, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, last weekend when the cops were chasing you, I mean, what was it at least five blocks, right? <laughs> at least. I mean, I stopped because I was just exhausted. And I said, cops, help me up. I ran a good 12 feet. They, they <sighs> helped me up and, and were nice enough to give me a ride. <laughs> <laughs> until, <laughs> until their sergeant yelled apple fritters and then they just left me there. That's how I'm here now. So, <laughs> who, who wants one? Donuts. Ah, yeah. Next, Carol sneaks back into the house and peers into the kitchen where Alice is and asks if Mike is around. Alice says, nope, Marcia sent him to the market to pick up some, some things she needs for, the, for her cooking badge. Carol says, good, and comes in and plops down at the table and tells Alice that all she needs is a hot bath. And then Alice says, have I got something for you? <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then says, Alice, I feel so stupid. 
I'm sure Mr. Brady is going to have a cinch compared to this. And Alice helps her up out of the chair. Alice says, well, Mrs. Brady, why don't you just wait and see? Now, another conspiracy theory is Alice is the puppet master in the house and she controls everything. So I, I don't I, I know. Admittedly, I have a, a pretty small sample <clears throat> set, but that feels 100 percent on point And it like they're not even hiding it well. Nope. So this is where we take our next break. So Mike and Carol argues as to who has it worse when dealing with the boys or the girls. Carol has already shown it's tough with the boys, but we'll see. And we'll be back. Welcome to the trailer for What the Suck Podcast. Do you like movies? Do you like horror movies? You know, movies like Exorcist 2 and The Bye Bye Man. Well, those of you still with us are just the weirdos we want. We watch all the terrible, no good, so bad they are bad movies you never knew existed. Have you seen Wish Upon, I Am Zozo, Creepshow 3 perhaps? you haven't well lucky for you we have and we're here to tell you all about them because we believe that no matter how bad a movie is it should be watched someone put at least some effort into these and bad movies deserve love too and boy do we love watching them so please join us your host chris and james on what the suck podcast for a weekly discussion of all things bad good good bad 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 so bad they are good so good they are bad so bad they are bad and gary Busey. <laughs> Found That's every- my best Busey. <laughs> Found- I don't know if that works. But- it works for me. Found everywhere podcasts can be listened to. And we are back. When we left off, Mike and Carol are having a battle of the sexes. And Carol has already had a lesson how tough it really is teaching the boys about baseball. Let's see how Mike fares with teaching the girls about cooking. Let's get back into it. So Mike comes into the kitchen carrying groceries. Alice asks if that's all of them, and he says there are more in the car, and he has to go get them. Alice goes through the bags and notices there are five different kinds of potatoes, several different kinds of beans, and so on. Mike says that he wanted to make sure he had gotten everything. Mike enters back in with the rest of the groceries. He, he also Maybe. he also mentions, uh, and this is a quote I wrote down, that supermarket must be a, uh, or no, no, I'm sorry. Alice uh, says something to the effect of, that supermarket must look like a disaster area now. Boy, that actually rang <laughs> true for today. <laughs> I went to the supermarket recently and it did look like a disaster area. <laughs> Mike must have just been there. So Yeah, yeah exactly. Foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing meanwhile we we cut back up to carol and she is sore from the beating she took with baseball she's getting ready to go into the bathtub alice comes in and is helping her Hmm, interesting more risque behavior possibly (laughs) yeah at this point let's just call it what it is they're swingers i mean that's just that's the way it rolls that's cool it's an open marriage yeah they share alice i'm thinking Hmm. carol says that mr brady can't find out how sore she is. Alice says, believe me, he will never know. And re- she reaches down to grab a bottle and lets Carol sniff it. Carol's expression shows that it's a foul odor. Alice says, that's how he'll never know. You put this stuff on, he won't get within two miles of you. I have questions. 
first of all, <laughs> what the hell is in that bottle? And that's like the weirdest thing to do ever. And did, didn't she just pick it up off of Carol's own like nightstand? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the implication was then like next, let me now rub it on you. Uh, again, <laughs> uh, again, getting into uh, uh, uncharted territory here. It was just so, so weird. <laughs> the, 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 if you view this show through um, not the like whenever you watch any show, you generally take a context into it. Right. You know, the characters, you know what they're generally after, you know, their wants, their needs. So you kind of are are reading the subtext of their actions. Uh, I think we do that in, you know, any movie or TV show we're watching. Um, but boy, man, if you don't watch, if you don't walk into this, uh, this episode with any subtext, like I didn't, it, it, <laughs> there's just all kinds of latent sexuality. Oh my God. So a few episodes ago, I don't know if you listened to this episode, but Alice was like hitting on a teenage boy. Like I say teenage, he might've been only 12, but like it, it wasn't actually what she was doing, but you couldn't have written porn any better. Like this, the way she was like, she literally told the boy to turn around and she looked at him up and down and was like, oh yeah, you'll do nicely. And then gave him like a tip because he was the kid that drops off groceries, gave him a tip. And then he goes, wow, thanks. That's a big tip. And guess what her next line was? Uh, just the porn. tip, just for a moment, just to see how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that not it? Sorry. That, that was Wedding Crashers. Never mind. Okay, pick another line that if you were writing porn, what would the next line be? Uh, okay. Thank, thank you. May I have another? <laughs> no. Her next line was, there's plenty more where that came from. Oh, my God. I, I didn't even need to make the joke. The joke was already there. Right. And the whole scene was like that. I mean... Me and my guests were like freaking out going, did she just fuck him? Because like when they, when they came in, like, I know you don't, may not know the layout of the house, but when they came into, into the kitchen to drop off the groceries, I swear, I was like, where did they just come out of? And my guest was like, that was Alice's bedroom. I was like, right. Thank you. <laughs> Why would they come from her bedroom into the kitchen? Like, what the hell was just going on? Like, it was weird. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so just then Mike comes into the room and notices something seems wrong with Carol. He smiles and asks if, yeah, you okay? Uh, she stammers and says, oh yeah, I just had, I was just about to take a bath. Mike smiles even bigger and says, uh-huh. How did it go this morning? Uh, she says it went great. Mike says that he just wanted to remind, uh, to remind her to stay out of the kitchen because it's his job. And she said, okay. Which so Mike's is funny that kitchen. that was uh, that, that was a laugh moment back then, like it like it's it was funny back then to say, Haha, "Woman, stay out of the kitchen. I'll be taking over." <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Mike's in the kitchen with the girls and is about to give his cooking lesson when Alice pops in. Mike looks at her and says, "I thought you had the afternoon off." Alice says that she did, but she wanted to watch if that was okay. And Marcia says, okay, but only if you promise she not to help. She likes watching. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I mean, something weird is going on. Literally, you can have the afternoon off. Who doesn't want an afternoon <laughs> off, especially from these people? And, and she's like, no, no, don't pay me, but I'll go ahead and hang out. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else is she going to do? I mean, go see true. the butcher. 
Isn't that her boyfriend, Sam? <laughs> yeah, Sam the Butcher, yeah. Sam, and I, don't, I don't know of what you're speaking, but there's a Nirvana song called Sam the Butcher. Really? I'm sure it's a reference to this, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some weird like time frame stuff. So with Alice, I remember there was a, a scene where it showed the kids in bed and uh, Mike and Carol were in bed. <clears throat> then it cuts down to Alice downstairs, still in uniform, ironing. I'm like, what the fuck? What time is it? Like, how late do they make this woman work? Like, did was she just sitting around all day? And go, oh shit, I forgot, I gotta iron Mike's pants for work tomorrow. <laughs> like, and jumps up and puts a uniform on and. You know, it's weird. <laughs> I think we might be finding some some holes in uh, in David Harmon's game. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe some 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 plot structure issues. Yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't write all the episodes, but good old David P. Harmon. You know, well, he, he, love he does in my mind. <laughs> Marsha goes on to say uh, the menu that they're about to make. So Marsha's telling the menu. Marsha goes uh, to get a couple of her supplies she needs. <clears throat> she walks over to the fridge and grabs one item, places it on the table, walks to the pantry, grabs one item, places it on the table, then walks back to the fridge, grabs a second item, places it on the table. Meanwhile, Mike is watching all this and stops her. Now, I agree with Mike. I would have been like, what are you doing? Like, And he was like, Look, you just go to the the fridge, grab everything you need, bring it there. Oh, no, no, no. You, mi- you missed the best line. You missed the best line. Well, he starts with, that's the trouble with women. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had that written down. He goes, see, that's the trouble with women. No organization. <laughs> you should only go to the fridge once and take out everything you need. Because as an entire sex, <laughs> Stacy, I'm sure, can you comment on this? All women treat all situations the exact same. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's just ingrained in your brain. You can't help it. You know, you, you just well, need a man around to explain We all know that you were born things. with smaller brains. Um, you're, you're, you're not as physically gifted as us men or mentally, um, but you're good in the kitchen. Right. So we'll, we'll let you have that. I'm just glad Mike was there to to help her because otherwise she may still be there. And all the women <laughs> think it's normal. Like, what? yeah, that's how you do things. What? <laughs> And so Mike says, wait a minute, I'll show you. So Mike walks over to the fridge and grabs multiple items from the fridge and then grabs too much and does this, whoa, and falls and drops eggs all over the floor. So Mike gets up and says, okay, well, uh, you make a mess, then you clean it up. One of the worst pratfalls I've seen in television for a while. I mean, like you said, whoa, like it was pretty bad. Now, I, I always say this. My listeners are probably tired of hearing me talk about this, but maybe you, you may not know. So Robert Reed, who played Mike Brady, um, hated the show, hated being on it, completely despised it, thought it was stupid. It was cheesy. It was dumb. He hated doing it and tried to quit three times just in season one alone. Um, and but because he's a dramatic actor, like he was classically trained and then doing a stupid family sitcom was not anything he was interested in. Oh, wow. But, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was contracted into it. In fact, I don't remember the finale because this show did five seasons and I don't remember the finale. Um, But I guess he was like not even in the finale. He was like fired right before the finale. Oh, wow. So I don't know. Yeah, so he would always constantly no, he, it, it, argue. But that speaking of that egg thing, uh, he he's bathing in salmonella on the ground there. I mean, he's just literally bathing <laughs> in it. 
I found a little uh, tidbit of information <clears throat> doing some research on this episode, and it said that uh, Robert Reed took issue with Sherwood Schwartz's direction to slip on the egg. So that goes along with what you were saying. Ah, yep, yep. There was uh, in last episode, <clears throat> the uh, the kids were faking a house haunting, and so. Uh, Robert Reed hated those cheesy scenes with like, ooh, sounds and everybody going, what was that? And Alice was totally like shaggy from Scooby-Doo through the whole episode. <laughs> She's like, zoinks, a g -g ghost. You know, that's how like she was behaving. And um, and Mike, Robert Reed refused to be in those scenes where there was ghost noises. So he was always written out of those scenes as if like he was at work at a meeting. Oh, that's funny. And so, yeah. So... <laughs> Well, he then goes. He then goes and and goes to clean it up. And I, I and I would have wanted to be written out of this scene because the paper towels are green. Where do you get green paper towels? <laughs> I've n literally never seen that in my life. I don't know. <laughs> so Alice offers to clean it up, but Mike insists he do it. Mike starts to grab tons of paper towels, green paper towels, green paper towels. <laughs> And Alice is trying to stop him, but he isn't listening. Marcia chimes in and says, uh, Mom usually uses a mop for that. And Alice says to herself, so does Alice. Mike takes his uh, big wad of paper towels and cleans up the mess. So now, Marcia is mixing in a bowl with a spoon. Mike says that she needs to work smarter, not harder, and insists that she use an electric mixer. Mike pulls out the mixer and turns it on, but nothing happens. Then realizes that it isn't plugged in, and as soon as he does this, it mixes way too fast and sprays everywhere. Boy, didn't see that, that coming. A, a, a coming from a mile away. <laughs> wah, wah, right. wah. Wah, wah, wah. Next, Marcia is um, adding things into a bowl to mix, and Mike suggests that she use a bigger bowl. He says that he'll get one for her. Alice says, be careful, Mr. Brady. I stuck a lot of things up there. Mike climbs up onto a stool to reach for the top shelf to grab a bowl. Marcia adds, be careful, Dad. The floor might be slippery from the spill. Mike says that he cleaned it up and continues to grab a bowl. Just then, Mike slips off the stool, bringing down a bunch of bowls with him onto the floor. I mean, this guy's a fucking moron. Whoa. Let's just say it. <laughs> and for the record, the setup, uh, no offense to David, um, but the setup, the floor <laughs> might be slippery, yet he falls off the stool. Right. <laughs> it's not like the stool slipped out from under him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I always hated, even today, you can still see commercials or TV shows or depict like men are complete morons when it comes to cleaning or cooking or taking care of babies. You know, like that always kind of bothered me. Like, we're not like, this is ridiculous. Like, well, I don't know how to change a diaper. I'm just a <laughs> man. You know, I always hated that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, Mike and Alice are standing in the kitchen looking at the huge mess that was left. And by the Mike way, I says, love how I they, all... they go with the, the classic trope of they're uh, just setting a, about a bunch of unused, not dirty, unused, clean pots and pans. And <laughs> yeah. oh, what a mess. <laughs> I, I got to put all these over here in the cabinet. <laughs> Mike says, I did all this. Alice says, yep. In under two hours, Mike says that he better clean it up. Mike challenges himself that he can clean it all up, including mopping the floor in 15 minutes. Alice seems surprised and looks at her watch and says, go. 
And Mike begins to grab the mop and bucket and eventually cleans the kitchen, which starting mopping is not the right order you should do things, but that that was weird. And also weird choice. with the mop, he's wringing it out with his hands. With his is hands. this the fucking <laughs> dark ages? <laughs> well, I mean, the whole ringing things out machine thing probably didn't come out to the 80s. I I'm mean, it's a, we got a lot of things from the it's 80s. It's a lever and a piece of anyway. I, I, I digress. I know, I know simple mechanics. I got you. But this is the 70s. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we're we're still, still 10 years time. away from fire at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later, we see Mike getting dressed in uh, the master bedroom. And it appears that he is sore, you know, from, I guess, falling i don't know putting dishes away carol asks how he's doing mike says okay i guess spending the afternoon with three girls wasn't as easy as he thought see i like this mike took the high road and it almost admitted defeat it was like yeah it was a lot rougher than i thought you know but carol has a simple brain you know and she wanted to lie about it but you know she's just a woman Carol walks out from the bathroom, walking in as if she's still very sore, and says, "Well, playing ball with three boys wasn't exactly a breeze either." So I want to get this straight: playing baseball and cooking are extremely difficult uh, endeavors. These people are just morons. I mean, they're just physically tasking. (laughs) Well, I guess it goes to show you that. The grass isn't always greener in someone else's backyard. There's her title line. Carol adds that they are both they both learned a lesson. Just then, Marsha calls up to, to them and says that dinner is ready. They both sigh from soreness and yell that they'll be right down. So they were, I guess, getting ready for dinner. Like I saw that as like, where are they going? Are they going out? Like I, I couldn't figure it out. And they're like, oh, they're just getting dressed for dinner, which is not a thing that I don't do. I don't know if that's something you two do. You mean you don't know. change out of your afternoon tie and put on your evening dinner tie? <laughs> I mean, I thought I everybody even, did that, but okay. Yeah, I, I well, I put on my, I take out my basketball shorts that I wear around the house into my dress basketball shorts. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> no, it's fancy. It's you got to class, you got to class this shit up. <laughs> now we see all the kids at the dinner table, and Peter says, "Hey, I'm hungry. Where's mom and dad?" Marcia says that they'll be right down. Greg then jokes with the boys and says, "Listen, you won't be so hungry once you taste the dinner. Marcia made it, you know." And the boys giggle. Man, classic it, it felt it felt like they were setting up that line for a laugh, and it just fell flat. <laughs> There's a few times where the kids like say their lines, and then I'll be like, "That was a joke." Like they, I don't know if they missed the the mark for putting a joke there, or if they just said it wrong. Yeah, like the cadence of, of, times, the, of the line was just off, and the director's like, "You know what, uh, boy, we're gonna we're gonna have to start paying the crew double time here. Let's just move on." Yeah, or, some, or we here at the Brady Bunch, we just settle for good enough. That was good enough. Right, Let's right, keep right. going. <laughs> so Mike and Carol come slowly down the stairs and make their way to the table. As and, soon as uh, Mike... Let's say they're, they're, I'd like to say they're shambling, um, uh, uh, much like uh, if they're an extra on The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and as soon as Mike sits down, the kids start asking for things from the table and Carol as well. So they're like, Hey, can I get that? So now he's asked to reach over. Uh, here's this. Hey, can you pass this? Uh, you know, they're just having a difficult time because they're so sore. One of the things they ask for is the milk. The milk is in this giant odd carafe. 
I, I don't <laughs> understand. I mean, okay, fine. If you want to drink milk, that's fine. If you want to put it on the table, that's fine. But why would you transfer it from one container to another to just at the end of dinner need to transfer it back into the, its original container? <laughs> what was it in? See, I miss a lot of visual things because I'm always typing as I'm watching the show. So what was it in? Was it in like a you fancy said a caress? decorative? I don't know. Like pitcher, carafe type thing, like very bulbous. It was very oddly designed, but it must have just been the time. Huh. It also looked like it could hold roughly four <laughs> gallons of milk. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just felt so out of it. It was almost like, all right, uh, we need we need milk on the table for this sight gag. Um, we don't have any more milk containers. They got thrown out yesterday at the shoot. Uh, what else can we use? Do <laughs> hey, we have anything on set? We got this bulbous container that holds four gallons. Does that work? Yep. Bring it on over. <laughs> so some time passes and everyone enjoys the delicious dinner Marcia had prepared. That was Greg, a, it was a pretty sweet time lapse too, by the way. Uh, that director was doing his work there. It, it, they pan in to the dinner rolls and yeah. then pan out. And that's our cue that time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> time has passed. <laughs> and Greg even compliments her on a job well done. Mike sighs and says how sore he is, and Carol agrees, and they can't even move a muscle. They call for Alice to assist in getting out of the chair. Alice says that they go on up to bed and she'll clear the table. Mike and Carol slowly make their way out of the chairs and start to head for the stairs. Meanwhile, Alice takes a few dishes to the kitchen, and the camera pans and follows her to the kitchen. And then as she comes back for a second trip of dishes, we see... Mike and Carol still slowly making their way. And it was the whole joke there where she's like, good night, Mr. and Mrs. Brady. And then she takes dishes, comes back. They're still not up the stairs yet. Good night, Mr. and Mrs. Brady. You know, it was kind of a funny bit. I kind of liked that one. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. I, it, though it does it does beg one question. I mean, these people have, literally have no, no muscle whatsoever. They have no manual dexterity, has been evidenced by uh, the, the past scenes. And they're roughly 37 years old. Is, is, yeah. is Alice poisoning them? I mean, that, you know, it's getting weaker point. by the day. Like there's bleach in the soup or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> something's up there. I, I, I Add that to your conspiracy theory list. Yeah, another conspiracy. I'm going to start looking out for that. <clears throat> it's interesting. Huh. And she's like, no, I'll clear all the evidence. I mean, all the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so next morning, we see Mike and Carol sitting at the breakfast table, and Carol is going on and how she has to teach Marcia, Marcia how to sew for her sewing badge. Mike says, that sounds easy, just sitting around the table and sewing with your daughter. Carol says, easy? Mike says, yeah, a lot easier than playing football with three boys. It's almost as Alice easy as getting over. your gypsy badge. <laughs> yeah, you won't believe what we had to do for the gypsy badge. <laughs> And then uh, Alice walks over and says, might I make a suggestion? And Mike and Carol in unison say, forget it. Ah! Um, and that's the end of the episode. But it's one thing bothers me still. Did Mike finish cleaning the kitchen in 15 minutes or less? We will never know. I, I'm going to guess no. And the reason I'm going to guess no is all that hand wringing of the mop. That's just it's too time consuming. <laughs> You're not going to be able to sleep tonight, are you? <laughs> well, mostly you're wake up and be like, he clean he, he with his hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just exactly. go to sleep, John. 
I'm not gonna, and well, that and my wife's gonna make me sleep outside after this episode. So between those two things, it will be difficult to sleep this evening. <laughs> nice. All right. So, what did you guys think of this episode of the Brady Bunch? Oh boy. Um, hmm. You know, it didn't age well. I think that's a, a fair statement. Uh, I think there's yeah. a lot of silly, you know, old sitcom tropes in it. Uh, my favorite part of the episode was definitely the wordplay that you you, you uh, likened to Mad Libs. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny and pretty well done and well written. Um, yeah. My least favorite part is the their attempt to add physical humor when obviously either none of them were trained in physical humor or they didn't have a a a, a stunt coordinator on set. I mean, literally, there are <laughs> stunt coordinators for TV shows nowadays. If someone is supposed to pick up a fork the wrong way. Um, and, and they really could have used that kind that, that, oh, they really could have used that level of, um, of, of help Expertise. because, uh, it was bad. It was physically painful to watch. Yeah. I just imagine the director just being like, okay, now you're supposed to just slide in and fall or swing the bat around and fall. And she'd be like, How, who does that? Like, Besides Goofy, you know, it's like, right. but yeah, so just do like Goofy would do. Just swing it. Like I should spin around like I swung too hard. And yeah. And then they just did one take and they're like, yeah, it's good enough. Let's move on. Print. Yeah. That's actually what I was going to say that uh, kind of drove me nuts about the episode was how dramatic all the falling was and uh, <laughs> how that obviously someone who is. 37 years old <laughs> would not be injured <laughs> doing the things they were doing. Um, right. I also enjoyed uh, the conversation because I never thought about all the conspiracy theories, especially with Alice and her role in the Brady <laughs> dynamic. Well, see, the beauty thing here is in this show, we're not afraid to ask the tough questions. And uh, I'm going to look more into this new conspiracy theory <laughs> that we've uncovered today. <laughs> So she's uh, so. In conclusion, Alice is banging both Brady parents and poisoning him, poisoning them at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Okay, now, there was it. theories that just Mike used to bang her back in the day, and maybe still today. But now she's also banging Carol. That's very interesting. I, I, hmm. I that's where I'd put my money. How else does she know what kind of bath she enjoys? Mm. Oh man, good point. She's like, I'll draw you a bath. I know how you like it. <laughs> Honey, I didn't know you were so into these conspiracy theories. You got to come on our show. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So, this is the part of the show where you guys get to plug whatever it is that you want to plug and plug away, sir. Uh, yeah. I guess let's uh, just to highlight once again uh, Hysteria 51. It's uh, myself and my co host, Brent Hand's podcast. Uh, we, uh, I mentioned we talk about, you know, mysteries, the unusual, UFOs, the unexplained. It's a, it's a comedy podcast first. We don't wear tinfoil hats. Um, but yeah, please check us out. Just anywhere you listen to podcasts, search for Hysteria 51. We also have a uh, Facebook discussion group where we make fun of all this stuff. Takano, you're a member. Uh, it's called Hysteria Nation. It's on Facebook. Just search Hysteria Nation. Yeah, and also to put out there, the, uh, the Go Forth uh, podcast network as well. Go Forth. Wow, I give it all to you. Fourth <laughs> Hand <laughs> Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah, Fourth Hand Media. We, uh, we have a podcast network going of which this very show is a part. And, uh, yeah, uh, just search for fourth hand media. Hell yeah. And, you know, I've been in podcast networks before and it just wasn't, I did not have good experience with it in the past. Um, there was no like 
<clears throat> there was no like family networking type feeling at all. But in this one, I like because we have like the group chat that we're all in. Uh, we also have our little secret like group that we're in on, on Facebook. And there's a lot of like sharing. Uh, like I've had a lot of people from the network on this show. You know, I've been on a couple other shows and it's just kind of there's a lot of family orientation, which I like. And Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, listen, at the end of the day, um, we all have a similar sense of humor. We all uh, laugh at different things, even though the subject matter of our shows is very different. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the hope being that we can, uh, help expose all of our shows to other unique audiences who might enjoy them as well. I mean, that's the point, right? Um, uh, discovery is such a hard thing in the podcast world and, and finding new stuff that you might like. Um, and that's the point we want to, we want to, uh, help everybody discover these shows uh, uh, to see if they like them as well. Oh yeah. That's nice. Um, I know you guys also have some live events coming up. Do you think uh, that's still going to be happening with all Man, this? Man, I don't know. We're supposed to have a live show uh, here in Chicago in June. Um, that's looking, uh, I mean, it's still on for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In fact, we just had a, a fan put together a poster for us that I didn't know was coming. And it's Brent and I looking like zombies. Uh, it's it's, oh, pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, it, it's, it's supposed to be in June. Um, uh, I I don't know. Uh Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Go on Hysteria Nation, I mentioned, and, and we'll always be posting about it there. It's not, you know, the way things are going right now, it's not seeming as likely, but uh, certainly if things rebound uh, and, and you know, we're not under lockdown anymore, we'll, we'll certainly have it. If not, we'll reschedule and do it later. Cool. All right, guys. So you heard it. Go out there. Check out Hysteria 51. It's a great podcast. It's in my top, top of like favorite shows. Oh, it's that's smart, sweet of you to say. Funny. Thank you. Enjoy it. <laughs> all right guys well i appreciate it john stacy for coming here i had a blast you guys did great and now after have you guys come back when the show matures a little bit like the brady bunch not my show the brady bunch <laughs> matures a little bit the content's a little better i think you'll enjoy later seasons so we'll get you back thanks so much for having us on yeah we'd love to be back awesome all right guys well i'll see you all right thanks <laughs> Hey, I want to thank my guests one last time for stopping by and come on back here every Monday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Hey, go ahead and check out a very pretty podcast.com. If you ever wonder what I look like, I got pics up on there. You can also see pictures of our past guests as well that have been on the show. Read little bios about them. And you can contact me at a very Brady podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email, any questions you have, or maybe you want to tell me that you hate a certain episode. Who knows? Or even give me a call and leave a voice message at 804-446-1901. Again, that's 804-446-1901. Leave a voicemail. I'll play it on the show. You can also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description of this episode. Join in on the conversation in the Facebook group. It's called a Very Brady Facebook group. So get in there, get on the conversation, post memes. I don't care. Just don't be a racist. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. I'd certainly appreciate it. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, I've been Tack, and this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.